Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Are you tired of investing your time and your energy into relationships that go nowhere and you know deep down the common denominator is you. You have awareness that whatever you're doing right now in relationships is not working, it's not serving you, and you are ready to take ownership of this area of your life and finally learn how to embody a securely attached, confident woman who can attract a great relationship. If that's you, I have a very special invitation I want to invite you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, and Loved program. This is a program designed to help you no matter your attachment style, no matter your relationship past, it will help you move to secure attachment so that you can show up confident, you can communicate well, you can navigate any kind of conflict, and you can create that relationship that you've always wanted while simultaneously having high self-worth and high levels of self-love. If that's you and you know that in 2022, you are ready for a great relationship and you're committed to getting there, I want to personally invite you to apply to the ESL program Use the link in my Instagram bio. On Instagram, it's at Dr. Morgan Coaching, DR Morgan Coaching. And the link is also in the show notes. Spots are extremely limited. So go apply now to reserve your spot and start your journey to high self worth and great relationships. Hello, and welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. I'm so excited to have this episode with you. This is an episode brought to you by High Demand. I recently had released the episode Four Signs That You're Anxiously Attached. And so many of you reached out and said, well, can you do one on four signs that you are avoidantly attached? So here we are. I'm going to talk to you about avoidant attachment. We're going to get into that. Um, one thing I want to say is that attachment styles are all on a spectrum. So you may have some anxious attachment strategies, some avoidant attachment strategies, secure attachment strategies, and we use attachment theory to help us understand ourselves better. So just as a reminder that it's actually not helpful to put yourself into a box and say, well, this is the way I am. That's it, right? The research and the experiences that I've witnessed in myself and in all of the hundreds of people who have completed the Empowered Secure Loved program is 
people can move towards secure attachment, your attachment style is not final. So I want you to remember there's always room to move towards secure attachment. So you might hear this episode and go, wow, I fit all of those things. And I want that to be empowering for you, for you to say, okay, I can understand myself better. And through understanding, through acceptance, that's how we heal and grow and change, right? So let's get into it. Let's talk about one of the first signs that you are avoidantly attached. You ready for this? Number one, you struggle with boundary setting. This is a tough one. So when we have avoidant attachment, many times we have beliefs about conflict that if we share what we feel, if we share what we really truly need, that it's not going to be received well. And our beliefs about conflict lead us to avoiding it at all costs. And we really struggle with the idea of setting boundaries. So if I have avoidant attachment, and let's say I have a partner who's been messaging me all day throughout the day, and I have a ton of deadlines at work, and I really need to focus on my work, I'm going to struggle with telling my partner, hey, I really can't interact with you throughout the day. I'm going to have a lot of beliefs that if I set a boundary, the person's going to spiral. They're not going to be able to take it. So what do I do instead of setting a boundary? I disengage from the connection. I don't respond for five days at a time because I have so many beliefs around how the boundary setting is going to go that I just don't set the boundaries and I don't respond. And then so many of you have been on the receiving end of that and you think, oh my gosh, if you would just tell me why you're not responding, I would feel so much better. If you would just tell me what you need, I would feel so much better. But for the avoidantly attached person, there's all that fear around how that conversation is going to go. And they're lacking that emotional capacity because they haven't developed it on how to set a boundary and feel okay about it. So one of the things, this is such a growing edge for someone with an avoidant attachment style is learning how to show up fully in a relationship and set boundaries and communicate even if there's potential for conflict and getting comfortable with saying, you know what, I actually save myself a lot of pain and a lot of time when I communicate instead of disengaging or worst case scenario, we call it stonewalling. What a term, right? The Gottman Institute came up with that. But stonewalling where you literally put up a wall and you will not speak to your partner. And what we know is that when we engage in those behaviors, they feel good in the moment. To the avoidantly attached person, it feels good. They avoided the conversation. However, in the long run, causes so much more pain and so much more you have to work through or even the relationship ending, right? So definitely, and anxiously attached folks also struggle with setting boundaries, but 
it's because I'm a, I'm scared to set a boundary because I'm scared I'm going to lose you. Avoidantly attached folks struggle to set the boundary because they're afraid of how their partner is going to respond and they believe that it's going to be too emotionally draining in order to do it. So they're more scared. I don't know how I'm going to handle having to set this boundary when my partner responds. So really interesting. Both have fears around it. They just come from different places. Um, I want to move on to the second sign that you're avoidantly attached. I hope you all like these episodes. I think um, having something like this is helpful, even if you are dating. And it always amazes me the number of people who do this, and I respect it. But if you're dating and you're struggling and you and your partner really want to figure things out, just being able to send them something like this. And I get DMs all the time from those of you who are like, hey, I actually sent that episode to my partner and it really helped us keep doing what you're doing. And I love to hear that because there are so many people out there who they want to grow. They want to have great relationships and they just don't have the information. And sometimes in the relationship, you have to be the person that brings in the info, be the person who's modeling how do we have a healthy relationship and invite someone to grow with you. So anyways, I love I love hearing those stories. And if that's you, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> anyways, sign number two. I have my list here. What did I say? Sign number two is yes. Okay. So this could be conscious or unconscious, but you believe that you're not good at relationships, that you're not a good partner. A lot of people don't realize this about avoidantly attached folks, but they have real difficulty believing that they're a good partner. With avoidant attachment, there's a lot of messages of, I'm not good at relationships. I can't do this well. I don't know how to show up. I've never had it modeled for me. I'm terrible at this. Of course, they're going to be upset with me. There's a lot of believing. Yeah, of course, the other person's going to be upset with me. I'm not good at this. I don't do this well. I don't know how to show up for someone. I don't know how to be close to them. And like I said, this can be conscious or it can even be unconscious. So you're not aware of these beliefs that you have, that you're not a good partner, that you will fail at relationships. And and think about it in human functioning. When we feel that we're going to fail at something, what do we want to do? We want to disengage from it. We don't want to fail. We don't want to be bad at something. So with avoidant attachment, you unconsciously or perhaps consciously feel that you're not great at relationships. So that was point number two. I do want to move on to point number three. Let's go for it. Number three is you believe that relationships get in the way of other things that you want to do in your life. So this is all of the people who say, you know, I'm just really focused on my career right now. I don't have time for a relationship. Or I would date, but it's going to mess up 
my time with my friends traveling. Like, it's very common if we have an avoidant attachment style to believe that a relationship is going to take away the things that we want. It's going to get in the way of us becoming who we want to become. And that is because we have a fear, essentially a fear of codependency, a fear of becoming enmeshed with someone in a relationship. So you hear a lot of these folks and hey, I've this was me at one point. This has been my friends. I can think of people who've even I've interviewed on the podcast, not going to name any names, who have spoken like this. And I want to just say it's okay to give yourself compassion and maybe you really, truly, truly are in a season where you are focused on your career. And maybe that's a short period of time where you go, you know what, blinders on, 12-hour days, here we go. And, and that's okay for a season, but you have to have the awareness that it's not a relationship that would prevent you from succeeding. A relationship actually wouldn't get in the way. It's just your decision not to have one right now. Because here's what people don't realize. When you're in a securely attached, great relationship, and you have both people who support one another as individuals, a relationship is actually going to help you in areas of your life. Classic example from my dating life, I remember a time where there was someone really great that I met. We were about three months in and he would cancel our plans on the weekend. And I know y'all know what this feels like. You looking forward to it. You pick your outfit out. You made sure you got your nails done and your eyebrows done. Your hair looks good and you're all ready to go. And it's Saturday afternoon and they text you to cancel your 7 p.m. dinner date. That's a gut punch. I've been there. I know what that feels like. And what can happen is... (laughs) When we have avoidant attachment, we go consciously, we go, okay, I have so much going on at work, right? Like the logical thing is, I just have so much going on at work. There's no way I can show up for this date and do what I need to do at work. If I give to this person, it's going to take away from my ability to work. However, unconsciously, What's happening is, oh my gosh, there's intimacy, there's connection. I feel like I'm terrible at this. Let me use the, I don't want to call it the excuse. Um, Let me use the reasoning that I need to focus on my career or there's other things I need to focus on. Let me use that as a way to stay in my comfort zone, which is where I work harder, I get better results. Like it's very comfortable to be in the work, the work world, right? Like that feels good. I don't have to worry about failing. I know I'm good at it. So then they come up with that reasoning. And when you're in that place of being on the receiving end of that, it feels frustrating. And I think so many of us can also have empathy because we understand how overwhelming certain times of our lives can be. 
Um, we have empathy, but at the same time, once again, securely attached relationships, people understand your work, your family, all of that's going to be there. It's not as if, okay, three months from now, you're just going to not work anymore. And then boom, you're going to have the time. Like there's actually never this magical time where it's like, okay, I'm ready to date now. Like there's always going to be other things, right? Um, But once again, the avoidantly attached person can just feel really comfortable in using those things as a reason because those things are important and they feel like they're probably successful in those areas and they would rather put their energy into something that they feel really successful at. Um, The caveat that I want to make about this is there are times where we're not dating because we need to intentionally work on ourselves. The women who go through the Empowered Secure Love program, if they're dating, they will typically take a break during the first half of the program because it is a lot of emotional labor and they're doing all this reprogramming and really high levels of healing and they need that time for themselves and they don't have the emotional capacity to show up and date. Usually by the second half of the program, they're more ready. Um, so I just want to acknowledge that the the caveat is if you're taking time to heal yourself so that you can have a different kind of dating experience I understand saying that, you know, you don't have the energy or now is not the time. But if it's just like work or, oh, man, my softball league started or, oh, gosh, you know, it's I'm going to pick on my boyfriend. It's fishing season, right? Like, oh, it's hunting season or, you know, shout out to all the girls who know about guys with their hunting season excuses, right? And not to say that it's just guys who do this. I see all professional women and I I was one of you where you could easily use your career as a reason. So this definitely is not just a one gender thing, but I really just want to call it out. I really, really just want to call it out that we can't use our careers. We can't use other things that are going on in our life because life is always going to be there. And when you intentionally build a great relationship, that person supports you in your life. And guess what? They help your career go better. The research on this is crazy. People who are in healthy relationships with their partners and how it supports them in their career life. Wow. The research shows that people do much better in their careers when they have healthy romantic partners. So I think to live this lie of, oh, I can't give up my career. There's a lot more below the surface there. And that maybe feels like a reason that's really accepted by society, um, but actually not really a valid reason. Okay. Tough love for me today. I hope you can handle it. Um, The number four sign that you are avoidantly attached. I've gotten written here in my notes. Oh, yep. So the number four sign is distancing strategies feel compulsive. 
So what does that mean? It means that distancing strategies happen in your relationship and you're not even choosing them intentionally. They're just happening. And what do I mean by this? So let's do an example. You go out, you have a great date. Let's say you're dating this guy, Mark, and you and Mark go out and you have a wonderful third date and he's interested in you. He's engaged in you. You clearly feel like he wants to get to know you, that he has emotional capacity and maybe he's even been vulnerable with you in some ways. And the third date happens and he brought you flowers and he holds your hand and he says to you, you know, Sam, I'm just really enjoying getting to know you. I'm so glad we're spending this time together. And what happens? What about in that moment, you pull your hand from his, you shut down, and you find yourself freezing, right? There we go. That's an example of a compulsive, biological avoidant attachment strategy coming up. And of course, this also looks like not returning the person's call, saying no to the fourth date. You know, poor Mark is texting you every day and you're ignoring. These are compulsion-based avoidant attachment strategies where it's where you go, I can't even explain it, but I don't like him. How many of you know, and this was me with disorganized attachment patterns where I was experiencing both anxious and avoidant strategies, if I would go out with someone who was genuinely interested in me and wanted to get to know me and was putting in the effort, I remember specifically saying to my girlfriends, I just don't like him because he likes me too much. Mm -mm. How many of you can relate to that, right? Like, It's amazing what our brains are wired to do and the red flags that start unconsciously going off when someone is actually emotionally available, wants to invest in you, wants to build a relationship, but those distancing strategies come up like a compulsion, So that's definitely a sign that you may be experiencing some avoidance attachment. There's other distancing strategies like making fun of your partner, putting your partner, you know, and a lot of times I've talked about this before on the podcast, like this is on a scale, right? Like there's there's making fun of your partner that's truly just um, out of love and connection and you can also receive it. But then there's making fun of your partner constantly, using sarcasm constantly, and to the point where it is a distancing strategy because you are saying that, well, you know, if you feel a little bit elevated, if you feel, quote unquote, a little bit better than that person, it helps you emotionally distance from them. I know some of you right now are like having light bulbs. Oh, that's why that guy I dated was a sarcastic jerk. It's a distancing strategy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other there's other things as well. Um, like we've talked about not responding, disengaging, the person who won't text you back for three days and then they act like nothing happened at all when they finally do respond. 
Um, but like I said, these can be incredibly unconscious until we make them conscious and until we intentionally move towards secure attachment. So that was the four signs. And of course, there are more, but I just chose four that I thought would be helpful to y'all. And whether it's you identifying with it or someone that you dated, being able to identify them. I hope that was helpful. I want to review them though. So number one, the first sign was you struggle with boundary setting. Number two, consciously or unconsciously, you have beliefs that you're not a good partner. Number three, you have beliefs that a relationship is going to get in the way of your other life goals. And number four, you have distancing strategies that are not even conscious. They're just a compulsive thing that you do when intimacy is developing. I hope that was helpful. If you have the guts to send it to that avoidantly attached guy that you're dating, go for it. Support you on that. Um, But I hope it's helpful to you no matter what. And I want you to know, of course, that I'm here for you, that I developed a program. The Empowered, Secure, Loved program is designed to help you no matter what your attachment style is, to help you learn to become the securely attached version of you who effortlessly attracts a great relationship, heals the relationship with herself, and learns to develop a supportive relationship belief system. So a belief system that helps you maintain a great relationship. Um, And it basically has everything that you wish that you knew about dating and navigating relationships. I built this program because I know that it's needed. And I know that there's none like it out there. I've done my research. This is one of the only programs that I know of that's founded by a clinical psychologist myself, and that really helps you apply attachment theory to yourself and to your dating life, and also supports you in rewiring your belief system to give you rapid transformation instead of spending years or even decades in therapy. So I'm very very humbled to say we've helped hundreds of people. And I want to help as many women as possible because I know that pain of repeating dating patterns and investing emotionally again and again and having it go nowhere. I know how painful that is. So if that's you and you're ready to stop the dating roller coaster, you're ready to embody the securely attached version of you where dating is fun what would that be like if dating was actually fun? You could look forward to meeting people and feel empowered knowing that you have the tools to get the great relationship that you want, right? Like, I think that would be incredibly life-changing for you, right? And if that's you and you're ready, then I'm here for you. Let's do it. I want you to apply to the Empowered, Secure, Loved program The link is in my Instagram bio. It's also in the show notes. Would love to coach you and have you join our community of amazing women who are growing together, healing together, supporting each other. So make sure you apply. Don't wait. The time is now. 
don't go through another relationship where you regret it afterwards. Okay. All right, ladies, of course, and gentlemen, all of you listening to this podcast, you know, I'm wishing you high self-worth, great relationships. I'll talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.